The next hour will inform you on how cybersecurity is one of the most significant threats to our national security, as well as the battle that cybersecurity experts are undergoing every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Welcome to Task Force 7 Radio with your host, the president and CEO of Task Force 7 Radio and Task Force 7 Technologies, George Reedus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 201 of Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. I'm Andy Bonello, pinch hitting for George Reedus. I want to emphasize that all opinions expressed in the show are my own and that that of my present or past employers. I'll never disclose any sensitive intelligence that I've privileged to as a result of my current employment. I'll never knowingly disclose any classified information related to any security clearances I presently hold or have held in the past with the United States government. And nothing I say during the show should be construed as legal or financial advice. Well, folks, I'm hoping you grabbed a pair of your Task Force 7 sneakers. Check them out at aliveshoes.com slash brand slash TF7. I love them, folks. I wear them everywhere. They're, they're meant to honor all those who run the crisis on a daily basis and recognize that everyone has their own personal crisis. My hope for all of you is that when you see or wear the TF7s, you get the confidence to run to your crisis and know you're not alone. The Task Force 7, we run the crisis together, so you know you're part of the TF7 family. Check them out at aliveshoes.com slash brand slash TF7. Well, folks, we ran an encore episode last week, episode 190, when risk-taking pays off with the CIO of Sienna, Craig Williams, which was timely because uh, we've got one of his colleagues on tonight. Can't wait uh, to introduce him. But, you know, Craig joined me a while back to talk about, you know, how taking risk in his career paid off and the importance of focusing on the gift in your interactions. We also discuss how he builds organizations around PhDs, passion, heart, and drive, and how he challenges his leaders to think big. We'll find out how big they think tonight when we bring on, you know, my boy Hassan Talukdar here in a little bit. We ended the show with Craig giving his CISO and CIO perspective on the future of the CISO's role and how CIOs and CISOs should be interacting. All that and much, much more in episode 190 of that Encore episode of Task Force 7 Radio. Man, I'm super excited to bring on tonight. My dear friend, Hassan Talukdar, he worked with me at Siena, and he's you know, a partner in crime with Craig Williams over there at Siena IT. Mr. Hassan Talukdar joined Siena in 2017 from LinkedIn and brings over 20 years of experience in network specialization, collaboration technology, transformation, design, and architecture of new and emerging technologies in financial, social media, and high-tech industries. In Hassan's role over the last four years at Siena, he's been driving transformation in IT infrastructure and operations organization, enabling the business transformation through network and unified communication technology platform and applications and migration to the cloud. Hassan's main focus has been network security infrastructure, unified communications platforms, compute and cloud infrastructure, data center strategy, and collaboration strategy for Siena. But he's currently shifting his focus on enterprise business applications and business process transformation. Folks, Hassan can do it all. He does, you know, technology design architecture, UC technologies, security infrastructure. He's a great leader, and I'm just super excited to, to have him on the show. It's my pleasure to introduce Vice President of IT Business Applications at Siena, my main man, Hassan Talukdar. Hassan, welcome to Task Force 7 Radio, buddy. It's good to be with you, Andy. Man, I was uh, so glad we caught up here recently and you agreed to come on the show. I think you're, you're such a great talent in the industry. I really enjoyed working with you over the years. And the work that you do, in my opinion, you know, as a security practitioner, 
is, you know, really at the, the cusp of where the world is going. And like, I'm really excited to have your perspective shared with our audience because it's, it's the world that we're going to have to protect, you know, that world of VR and AR and collaboration, like it's here, it's, it's expanding. And so, man, if you'd love, I'd love for you to just share your journey on how you got to be the VP of IT business apps at Siena, and then we'll dive into uh, collaboration tools. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you, Andy, for inviting me to the show. Um, my journey started, uh, well, about 20, 25 years ago, started with a financial company called Principal Financial Group, and where I was a network engineer. And network was always my passion, and I always wanted to be in, surrounded in the networking industry. After that, I worked for Cisco Systems, a networking, another networking company, uh, for about 14 years. In Cisco System, I have managed networks, LAN, WAN. I have also managed a security team uh, in the networking area and been involved with security for a long time. As you know, security and networking goes hand in hand. Uh, after 14 years at uh, Cisco, I joined a social media company called LinkedIn. At LinkedIn, I was uh, responsible for crafting the collaboration strategy for LinkedIn and implemented in such a way that it enhances the rich engagement within the company and, and beyond. And about after three and a half years at LinkedIn, I joined Sienna. This is where I am right now. I joined Sienna as a leader for infrastructure and operations for the last about four and a half years. And recently I have started to look into uh, business application and really look at how infrastructure uh, and app business application go hand in hand together and how do we secure them. And at the end of the day, uh, all it matters is business process transformation. And that's what I'm looking after right now. Man, I love how you just like gloss over LinkedIn. You're like, oh, that's a little startup, you know, LinkedIn, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. So I got to believe that the you know, the, the, the trajectory of a LinkedIn at the time you were there in terms of collaboration and, you know, on a social media platform compared to, you know, networking companies that are looking at collaboration, like, especially during the pandemic, like what, what were some of the lessons learned, like in both sides of that coin? So LinkedIn, uh, when I worked at LinkedIn, it was a hyper growth company, as you know, social media company, LinkedIn was growing really fast. So for any hyper growth company, what you see is they want to implement everything really fast. They want to expand into different market. They want to expand into different areas and implement network really, really fast. And as you do that, that means you're hiring new people. You're going to different areas and you need collaboration technology to really have that communication going within the employees for the employees to feel well connected with the new markets, new sites. And that's where, that's where collaboration strategy becomes really, really important for the, that, that kind of company to go and keep going. Now, contrast that with pandemic, that creates a huge uh, amount of uncertainties for people who are going into the office and working together. And so you can have a great technology to enable rich collaboration, but pandemic makes it even harder because pandemic separates you physically. So from that perspective, collaboration technology becomes even more paramount because now not only you have to have a really good technology to enable collaboration, but also you have to bring people together from different places, wherever they are, their home, 
they are in a different office or different area and during pandemic you need to make sure that people are still staying connected yeah man so how did you get you know look i think you know you were already headed down the path of collaboration tools and really looking at you know building your collaboration strategy prior to the pandemic which mm-hmm. you know is a real testament to you understanding your space and, and kind of going to where the puck skating where the puck's going to be right mm-hmm. but like why why is it so important though for companies to have that plan and start to think down the road around how their their workforce is going to collaborate you know regardless of a pandemic or not yeah so pandemic is something that nobody can predict right so if you take pandemic out of the equation just look at pure collaboration strategy perspective a company the biggest element and asset for a company is people and at the heart of it you want to make sure the people are productive and for people to be productive depend regardless of which group they are in within the company they need a collaboration technology that brings them together and in my role when i i joined siena siena was a very much a company a meeting driven company uh, there were a lot of meeting but those are all audio conferencing and what we found out at that time was audio conferencing is really good but in order for you to have a rich collaboration you need to see the people on the other side so we started to go towards this journey of video collaboration and as we started to implement some of the video collaboration technologies we realized that we really needed a solid coherent strategy where to bring the entire people of the company together on a platform and that's when we started to consolidate a lot of the collaboration tools that we had at the company and bring them together into one common platform where they can collaborate together but as you do that you also start to look at different best in class technologies to put on that platform and make sure people are still staying productive now as i say all of these and as you think about lot of the tools within the collaboration group you also have to make sure that you keep security at the forefront because as you bring people together one thing that you start to look at is user experience and you want to make sure that it's easy to collaborate and that's how people become productive but a lot of times people forget about security securing the technology securing the the tools that you're implementing so at the end of the day yes you want to have a solid collaboration technology and a platform for the company to be productive but also they have to collaborate securely so you know it's one thing to to have the strategy right which you know I'd love for you to kind of walk through how you come up with the strategy right and and then I think you know it would be great to kind of dive into you know how do you how do you change the hearts and minds you know to kind of get everybody off of you know their you know polycom or via <laughs> phone or whatever they're using for video audio conferencing and going into the conference room right like how are you you know what's the strategy to get people on board with kind of giving up what they're comfortable with and moving into something next gen mm-hmm, absolutely so in order for to start with the strategy you also have to know the culture of a company you need to know what do people use and what people need and a lot of times it's it's easy to say that oh well, let's put in 10 different tools and it is good for each of the business units but what happens is it divides people as different business units start to use different technologies you can never bring them all together in a common platform where you can have that uh, company all hands you can have that one collaboration uh, for everybody to chime in and discuss in a platform 
So you start with looking at the culture and taking an account of all of the tools that you have, the inventory per se. And then you start to look at is the three aspects of collaboration. One-to-one collaboration, just like you and I are talking right now. One-to-many collaboration where somebody is talking to multiple people and then many-to-many collaboration in a large conference, large meeting. And as you start to look at those three tenants, what you start to find out that regardless of which one of them you want to make it really successful, you need to have a common platform. Now, a lot of people will say, well, no one platform is really good for everybody. Yes, that is true. Yes, you do, you do want to use best in class, but at the common platform perspective, you want to bring the entire company together and at least in a platform. And then what you look at is, okay, what is my video conferencing strategy? What is my email strategy? What is my content strategy? So you can start to look at some of those different strategy and add different type of tools, but you need to bring everybody together in a platform. So as you start to look at that strategy and formulate that strategy, the next step is, all right, now how do you change the minds of people as you asked? How do you actually make sure people understand why a common platform is necessary? And that's when you start to look at different work process for different people. And then you, you talk to them and find out what is it that actually make them more effective? And you interview them and we have done it at, at Siena. We have talked to multiple different groups to really understand their work uh, process, uh, uh, to really understand how they collaborate, how they want to collaborate. And we gathered all those information and then started to come up with a strategy in the, uh, in the collaboration. And what we found out is at the heart of it, they all want a rich collaboration. They all want something that they can take by and say, hey, I had a chat with Andy and that was a great chat because I could see Andy and I could uh, hear Andy and I could hear his voice and his gesture. So at the heart of entire collaboration adapt, adoption goes to that video collaboration to be able to see uh, somebody else and be able to connect with that person. Man, and you know I'm like no shorter gestures when we're on the call, bro. So you know, <laughs> you got you like that animated hands as we're talking in our Zoom calls back in the day. Well, well, hey, bro, I got so much I want to dive into, but we got to take a commercial break. Hey, if you're a social media junkie, don't forget to follow TF7 Radio on your favorite social media platform. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. At searching at TF7 Radio, you'll be connected to the extended TF7 family on your favorite social media platform. For inquiries regarding sponsoring the, suge- the show or suggestions for topics or guests, please email George directly at george.redis at tf7radio.com. That's george.redis at tf7. That's the number seven, folks, radio.com. We're going to pause for some quick messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Vice President of IT Business Applications at Siena, Hassan Talukdar. So whatever you do, don't go away. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. As CISOs manage known malware attacks, they also contend with the unknown unknowns. With 24-7 hacker innovation, where do CISOs place their next security investment bet? Find the answer with Signet. 
with forums and public and private partnership dinners in Toronto, London, Singapore, Tokyo, and across the U.S., Synet is a mission-focused, purpose-driven global community, advancing the next generation of cybersecurity solutions. As an entrepreneurial ecosystem super connector, Synet brings innovators, top cybersecurity professionals, solution providers, investors, and government executives into a collaborative alliance. Join Synet's global community to empower your organization and the industry to defeat hackers with cybersecurity's next generation of innovation. Learn more at Secure. Security-innovation.org or Google Signet S-I-N-E-T. In today's interconnected world, digital transformation is taking us on a journey towards exciting new ways to work, live, and communicate. In business, staying out in front of the competition means pushing the boundaries of the status quo and exploring the possibilities of the future. However, pushing forward into this fast-changing digital landscape brings a new level of uncertainty and risk that must be measured, understood, and managed. By delivering state-of-the-art cyber risk analytics, X-Analytics is setting the standard to bring business clarity to the complex cyber threats organizations face each and every day. When it comes to understanding your financial exposure to cyber risk, trust what the global cyber insurance industry and Fortune 500 companies trust. Trust X-Analytics to guide you through the uncertainty into cyber risk clarity. For more information about X-Analytics, visit our website today at x-analytics.com. That's x-analytics.com. X-Analytics, setting the standard in the enterprise cyber risk management. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio with George Redis. If you'd like to find out more about our program, please visit the website at taskforce7radio.com. Again, that's taskforce7 with the number 7, radio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Here again is your host, George Redis. Welcome back to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. We're back with Vice President of IT Business Applications at Siena, Hassan Talukdar. All right, buddy. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the need for securing collaboration tools and driving user experience, but you might go on a little deeper in, into, you know, what companies should be thinking around, thinking about around how to secure uh, those collaboration tools. Absolutely. Um, from the collaboration perspective, as you look at a common platform and a multiple set of tools on the platform, different users wants to use different tools to do what they want to do. For example, if you have a content uh, curation, you have Microsoft uh, uh, SharePoint, but at the same time, you want to utilize a lot of the other tools like Slack or even Zoom or even different type of Teams collaboration. So as you add on multiple tools on top of your platform, you need to start to look at how do you secure that? Now, when you say how do you secure collaboration technology, there are two aspects to it. The technology itself, you need to vet it out. You need to make sure where are you storing your data, whether it's a content or even 
on a Zoom when you are t- talking to each other, what, what is it traversing through? And make sure the technology itself are secure. Make sure you have encryption between the video conversation. Make sure when you are actually storing the recording of uh, your Zoom session or a collaboration session, you're storing them in a place where you have proper governance, where the right people have the access to it. But at the same time, step back a little bit. You also have to have the proper identity for all of your users who are connecting to those collaboration tools. So it goes beyond just collaboration tools. You need to have a solid identity management strategy. And in, from then, everything becomes easier and easier. You need to have, when you, the, your users access the collaboration tools, you need to have that multi-factor authentication so that the, the, when they connect to the tools from anywhere, because that's what you want to make sure that your collaboration tools are easy to access. So they can access from the work, they ac- can access from home or from the airport. But as they do that, they are secure. They have the right identity. They have the multi-factor authentication. And when they access the tool, the tool, the access itself is well encrypted and the overall um, collaboration is secure. Yeah, man. When we, when we were working together, you were, you were going pretty deep into the immersive collab space. Mm-hmm. You know, for the can you explain the audience, what what is immersive collaboration? Yes, absolutely. Immersive collaboration is a new thing that everybody's talking about. And when people talk about immersive collaboration, they they mean different things. But at the heart of it, the immersive collaboration is literally a virtual environment where you bring people together in a space where people can collaborate together. And immersive collaboration has two specific type of areas that people actually refer to when they call immersive collaboration. One is augmented reality, AR, and another one is virtual reality, VR. So from the virtual reality perspective, this is basically a virtual environment where you have your different characters as avatars collaborating together in that virtual space. Now, when you talk about augmented reality, you are actually taking your surroundings and implementing a reality on top of it, implementing different technology. So really you can take your uh, real space and put something on top of it and collaborate with another person. So those are the two elements of it that makes up immersive collaboration. And as we go forward, those two are gonna be mixed together as we look at different use cases. So, you know, obviously we hear a lot with, you know, metaverse and you know where that's going you hear a lot about you know gaming being tied to you know this space but what what's the importance of this to to companies absolutely so the whole immersive collaboration the metaverse started from the gaming industry but started from the entertainment industry and that that's what it started from but if you extract the value of that collaboration that connectedness in a platform you can see a lot of use cases in real life, in corporations. Here at Sienna, we have looked at multiple uh, use cases that can actually be very beneficial for us. Uh, we started to look at the AR headsets or VR headsets, the goggles where it allows you to look at a technology and manipulate the technology and collaborate on the technology. What do I mean by that? A real use case was we have a lot of contract manufacturing sites in different areas of the world. And typically we have uh, subject matter experts in one one place. And and what they do is they actually validate all of the design for contract manufacturing 
And once they validate the design, uh, basically the manufacturers go and manufactures the uh, routers or the switches that, that we make. Now, pre-pandemic, it was easy for a, uh, for a design engineer to go to the site and train the people on those sites to make sure that the, the way that uh, they build the equipment to the specification. But during the pandemic, we could not travel. So how do we do that and still keep the company running? This uh, AR and VR glasses was the, was the area that we, we adopted where our engineers being in at home was able to collaborate with those people in different places and teach them how to build and validate a design and at the end of the day, have the right quality still without traveling to those sites. Man, it's such a cool use case. I mean, especially when you think about the current you know, travel restrictions and the manufacturing issues and supply chain issues. And, and so where does this extend into like customer experience? So it, the, there are two aspects to it. So if you, if you take that and say, okay, how do I engage with my customer? And the use case stays still the same, meaning to yesterday you would go to a customer site and look at their network and look at their network um, design and give them a design that will, implement a new solution. With the travel restrictions, you cannot even go to customer site. You cannot collaborate with the customer site, customers face-to-face. So what you do, you can utilize this VR technologies where you can create a design on top of the customer's existing network and send it to them and have a real-time collaboration of those technologies in a virtual environment where you can convince the customer what, what would this new solution bring in with your products in a 3D world where you don't even have to go to the customer site and show it, show it to them. So it's not only it allows you to do it from a remote place, it cuts down a lot of the cost and time. In the past, you would travel to a site and then look at the design of the customer network and then you bring that customer network and rebuild a design and send it to them. Today with the VR technologies, you don't have to do any of those you can actually do it real time and get customer feedback and make modification to your design and make sure they're satisfied with the design all within while you are staying at home or at one place. Yeah, man, it's super cool. I mean, and, and if I recall, you guys were even experimenting with like other, you know, corporate processes like onboarding of new employees into the company through, you know, immersive collab, like, Talk a little bit about extending the use cases past, you know, like supply chain manufacturing. Like what would that, what's that look like, you know, when you go to the HR department and say, hey, we think we can do this differently, <laughs> right? Yeah, like what's absolutely. that process look like? Yeah. So that's a great question. That's one of the areas that we started to explore also is how do we make sure that our new engineers, new employees that we bring into the company, especially during pandemic, but pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, when we, you hire an employee in multiple different uh, countries, how do you have that employee onboarding experience where they can feel the culture of the company? And uh, HR departments have always struggled on how to come, coming up, come up with a consistent experience. So what we have done is we have created a virtual environment where a new employee can wear a, a goggle, VR goggle, and actually see an environment where they can walk into a room where our CEO is uh, welcoming them virtually. 
and then they go through their employee onboarding access and all of those information in that space and then turn around and look at all of the the new technologies that we have, the company offers. And then actually not only that, learn about the technology. There's a 3D version of all of the routers and switches that we, we sell. They can actually look at each of those devices and learn uh, from those as they are in that virtual environment. So in it's a one place where people can go in and then look at the entire company's processes all in one place and learn about it. So, so in the past, Imagine in the past, if you want to have that same experience, not only you have to have HR representative give you all the access, and then you have to have a salesperson talk to, talk to you about how do we sell, and then you have to have a marketing person show you all the technologies. So you, can, you have to have 10 different interaction with 10 different people. That takes a lot of time and energy, whereas you can put all of those into a virtual environment and record it and then show it to a new employee who is new to the company and they can see everything in one space. Yeah, man, it's, the scale is, especially during a pandemic is like really, really cool. So, you know, it gets me thinking, like putting the security hat on here for a second, right? You're going to have your real world identity with your real, real world access and all the things that come with securing that. And now we've got to go and you got to secure and protect the avatar with whatever digital economy that's going to exist in, say, in the, you know, in the gaming space. Like, how do you envision, you know, the security challenges in uh, the, the immersive collaborate in the VR, AR world? Great question. And this is going to be one of those things being, will be talked about years to come as we evolve in VR technologies. As you create your avatar, now, today, you need to have your identity strategy for the employees, real person in the network strategy, network security, in terms of network identity, multi-factor authentication. As you bring in your avatar and that avatar in the virtual space, the metaverse, interact with multiple different entities and multiple different businesses and companies, you have to have that virtual identity. And that virtual identity, we have to make sure we also protect it. So think about it this way is as you protect your network security and network access to your company, your parameter, your parameter now all of a sudden extends into a metaverse. And you have to think about your parameters in the metaverse uh, terminology and start to come up with your security strategy based on your digital identity in the metaverse. But at the same time, how do you protect your employees as they interact in that metaverse? Man, it's going to be a fun story, right? Over the next couple of years and the crimes that we're going to be committing, it's going to be just like the wild, wild west for a little bit. You know, we got to get ahead of it quick. So so what's what's the, I know this is kind of a little bit of part of the question, but what, what do you think is next for just collaboration in the future? The collaboration of the future is, it's, it will start with entertainment. As you said, there would be a lot of uh, secondary economy. People will actually, you will see, avatars being exchanged and auctioned. You will see avatar type of different aspects of avatars will be auctioned in, in the metaverse. And then you start to see a secondary economy of advertisement into the metaverse. And then there's an economy around the advertisement over here. And then as you go beyond entertainment, the corporate use cases that I was talking about are gonna be more prevalent. 
And as the corporation starts to use the metaverse and in the virtual reality, and they connect with each other, just like think about internet and advent of internet in 80s and 90s, where everybody was so happy to connect with each other and there was not a whole lot of security thought put in, metaverse would be exactly that way. As you go to the virtual reality, a lot of the people will start to adopt. And when you first time adopter, you do not think about security that way. So you will have to start to figure out as the adoption grows in the metaverse and everybody brings in their use case and as I call it, their business into the metaverse, we need to make sure how do they secure themselves, but they keep the entire metaverse secure also. Imagine a DOS attack in a metaverse where you can send that DOS to every single person in that universe. Shut it down. <laughs> That's where it's going to be real fast, man. I mean, look, you know, that, that'll just have crippling effects, right? When we start to think about, you know, the interoperability between virtual and the kinetic world, but your virtual and your kinetic identity, uh, it's going to take it to a whole nother level, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to try to play, figure out the strategies to, to secure this stuff. And I'm glad we've got uh, smart folks like you thinking about these challenges for sure. All right, man, we got to take another short break to hear from our sponsors, but don't go away. We'll be right back with more from Vice President of IT Business Applications at Siena, Hassan Talukdar. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. As CISOs manage known malware attacks, they also contend with the unknown unknowns. With 24-7 Hacker Innovation, where do CISOs place their next security investment bet? Find the answer with Signet. With forums and public and private partnership dinners in Toronto, London, Singapore, Tokyo, and across the U.S., Signet is a mission-focused, purpose-driven global community advancing the next generation of cybersecurity solutions. As an entrepreneurial ecosystem super connector, Signet brings innovators, top cybersecurity professionals, solution providers, investors, and government executives into a collaborative alliance. Join Signet's global community to empower your organization and the industry to defeat hackers with cybersecurity's next generation of innovation. Learn more at security-innovation.org or Google Sinet, S-I-N-E-T. In today's interconnected world, digital transformation is taking us on a journey towards exciting new ways to work, live, and communicate. In business, staying out in front of the competition means pushing the boundaries of the status quo and exploring the possibilities of the future. However, pushing forward into this fast-changing digital landscape brings a new level of uncertainty and risk that must be measured, understood, and managed. By delivering state-of-the-art cyber risk analytics, X-Analytics is setting the standard to bring business clarity to the complex cyber threats organizations face each and every day. When it comes to understanding your financial exposure to cyber risk, trust what the global cyber insurance industry and Fortune 500 companies trust. Trust X-Analytics to guide you through the uncertainty into cyber risk clarity. For more information about X-Analytics, visit our website today at x-analytics.com. That's x-analytics.com. X-Analytics, setting the standard in the enterprise cyber risk management. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio with George Redis. If you'd like to find out more about our program, please visit the website at taskforce7radio.com. Again, that's Task Force 7 with the number 7, radio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Here again is your host, George Redis. Welcome back to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. We're back with Vice President of IT Business Applications at Siena. Hassan Talukdar. All right, buddy. We're at the home stretch. Man, I, I can't believe you and I are going to be hanging out in virtual worlds here soon, you know, hoping that we don't get dosed. So when we're playing poker or something, you know, we'll be able to have to go transition into actually meeting up in person, even though we're on two different coasts. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch all that play out in the collab space and the gaming space. It's just super fun time to be in tech. But it, it's no it doesn't come with its shortage of challenges on, you know, leadership. And, you know, I really love to get your, t- I, th- I think you're a fantastic leader uh, and I enjoyed watching you lead, you know, when we work together. And so I'd love to just get, you know, your perspective on as you view talent as your number one operating priority in, you know, there's such an amazing kind of time in technology, you know, what are the things that you're focused on? Well, as I said, talent is our number one priority. It all starts with people, all start with talent. As a leader, you have to be very transparent. And at the same time, you have to encourage people. You have to energize people. You have to inspire people. Uh, in, in this day and age where there is a huge shortage of talent, people have a lot of choice. And the only reason people look at a role to be satisfying is the, the scope of the role that they have and the people they interact with and the leaders they work with. So at the end of the day, it comes down to people and their opportunities. And what I focus on is really being transparent to the people that I work with, and at the same time, show them what transformation can bring. So a lot of times we forget to talk about the end state. We forget to talk about what do we get out of the transformation. As you start to think about a people transformation, process transformation, or a technology transformation, you always have to have a storytelling around what is the end goal. And that energizes people, that motivates people, and that's that makes people want to stay in that role and make a difference. So, you know, choice, I think, is a great point, you know, and you start to see a lot right now because all of a sudden with remote work, post-pandemic, or even mid-pandemic, People who were in locations that were maybe not as hot from a job market perspective are now completely available and opened up, right? So you have some great talent in some really remote places that would have never had opportunities for like Silicon Valley type companies or a company like, you know, a Sienna Beast in Maryland, right? Like there's just, it opened up the door completely for these folks. So how does that change? Like how you're recruiting, um, you know, and trying to attract the talent to come to come into the, to come in the door. 
yeah, it, it opens up the landscape. And at the same time, what, what you start to see is you have people and talent in all parts of the world. And can you bring them together and make sure they stay connected, they stay energized? Managing people remotely is not that easy. As a leader, you absolutely have to make sure that you are communicating in a level playing field. For example, if you have three employees in one site and you are still on that site as a leader, and then you have five other remote employees, you have to make sure you're communicating them uh, with them equally. So communication becomes really important. And that's where we uh, our topic today, techno collaboration technology comes into the play in there. Utilize the collaboration technology to be very transparent and make sure they're engaged. Regardless of where they are, as long as they feel that they have a skin in the game, they are making a difference for the company and equal, they're getting equal opportunity. That's how you retain them regardless of where they are. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I think, you know, the, the tools are one thing, right. And, and putting the culture in place, but you also have to start to think about like, you know, how do you move away? Let's take an American company, look at a $4 billion plus, you know, global multinational and operating in, you know, critical infrastructure sectors with massive clients all over the world. But you also have to balance, you know, that your workforce, not in the U.S., feels like they're on the same they're part of the team, right? So like some of the things I saw you do, which I, you know, it was obviously really smart, you know, I think around like changing your meeting times, right? Making sure you're not just working East Coast, US hours across the board, right? Like, so what are some of those strategies that you look through, that you, tech, uh, you know, some of the strategies that you bring to the table to try to make sure that folks that are working in, in those diverse geographies are, are feeling connected outside of yeah. just being able to connect them with the technology? Yeah, so you have to think about the people and what motivates them, right? At the end of the day, people from different countries have different cultures, and you have to connect with them from that perspective. You have to also look look at uh, different ways of people celebrate different holidays. Uh, we are very big on if you, if it's a U.S. company, we look at all of the U.S. holidays and we celebrate those. But you have also have to figure out that if you if you have employees in different countries, what are their holidays? Can we celebrate together as part of the culture? So you have to look at th those elements, but also at the same time, you also have to look at how do you communicate with people in different areas? You cannot communicate the same way to every single person because people take information differently. For example, people in Europe would want to communicate with you in a different style than people in India versus people in Japan. So as a leader, you have to make sure that you are communicating them with the right tone and temperament, but at the same time, you're giving them the space the way they want to collaborate. And then obviously, um, recently we celebrated uh, Diwali for, uh, for India, and uh, it's a, a big celebration in India. We, we make, made the celebration for entire team. So you look at different celebration and make it your own, call it a team celebration. So you have to start to look at the people, the culture of it, the different countries, way of uh, collaborating and make sure that you are consistently building that relationship with the employee so that they don't feel like they are in a different country or different continent. They feel like they are connecting with you part of one company and one culture. I love it, man. So, you know, we had a, a dear friend of ours on the show a while back, Craig Williams, CIO of Sienna, just a fantastic leader, you know, and Craig talked about hiring PhDs, right? The passion, heart, and drive, which I, I loved and I now use, and I'm stealing it from you, Craig. So 
I'm sorry, but um, you know, the, what, what is it that you've learned from that kind of philosophy and, and how much of that have you adopted? Oh, absolutely. I have, I have also adopted a whole lot of that uh, uh, doctrine of PhD, passion, heart and drive. At the end of the day, a person, when you want to work with a person, if, you, if that person does not have passion in what they're doing, you are not going to get the 100% out of that person. And if they are passionate and they have the drive in there, you don't have to ask them to do anything. They are going to do it because they love what they're doing. So at the end of the day, when you are looking at, an, uh, at a talent, you have to make sure that you are connecting them with the right opportunity. There are a lot of time of what I see is leaders put people in a different position because they want to stress them, but that's, that's not what they're passionate about. So you have to marry the passion with the opportunity to get the best out of a person, but at the same time, make sure that person is growing uh, at their role the best way they can. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I think it's such a fun way to think about it too. And uh, so, so man, look, you've been, a, you've been a leader for a long time. You're you know, seasoned executive um, what, what's some advice that you can give for the up and coming leaders, you know, in, in our space? I would say the first advice I'll give is don't surround yourself with different boundaries. Think boundaryless. Think transformation. And no matter what role you are doing, do not think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. And start with a blank slate and come up with different possibilities. Constraints are always going to be there. Uh, we, we live in a world, there's a lot of constraint, but if you start with the constraint, you can never be transformative. So good. Well, Hassan, brother, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're pretty, you're really busy, man. And thanks for taking the time with us tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. It has been really uh, nice talking to you, Andy. It is really good. I miss working with you, but it's, it's, it's good. I appreciate it, man. Look, we're, uh, we'll figure it out one day, someday down in the future, man. We'll figure this thing out. But uh, all right, folks, it's time for us to bounce up on out of here. Don't forget to visit aliveshoes.com slash brand slash TF7 to get your own pair of Task Force 7 sneakers. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Stay frosty out there. Thank you for tuning in this week to Task Force 7 Radio. To learn more about Task Force 7 Radio, please visit our website at taskforce7radio.com. Be sure to join your host, George Reedus, again next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 